It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Glass, lacrosse classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Lax Glass 245, Jake Elliott, Santino Farrow with you once again as I return to the motherland here, Tino, back in uh, cozy Port Coquitlam on a Tuesday afternoon and still kind of on Halifax time a little bit. Like my bedtime was 9.30 at night last night, which is 1.30 in Halifax, so... Still trying to figure out the body clock a little bit. Uh, big game in Burnaby later tonight. Full week of WLA action coming up. Uh, junior playoffs are in full swing. Senior B playoffs are in full swing. The NLL signings, trades, hirings, firings, I suppose, are going absolutely bonkers right now. So no shortage of things to talk to. Plus, we got a great guest and all the rest of it coming up on our usual program here that we will discuss here momentarily. Tino, welcome back to Lax Class. Yeah, uh, and welcome back to yourself. As you mentioned, you are uh, back in the motherland here. So uh, I'm sure like we'll get like a recap from myself, but uh, you guys came home with a silver medal. I'm sure that was probably tough in the moment, but still something to be super proud of. Let's hear about let's hear about how the uh tournament went yeah you know what uh for the first time ever all three team bc teams for lacrosse were in the gold medal game and all three games we were up against team ontario uh the u19 girls got it done they won 10-8 over team o and the u19 boys came up i want to say three goals short 11-8 and unfortunately for our u16 boys Lost a heartbreaker in the gold medal, 7-6 to Team Ontario, and uh, just didn't really have our best game. Like, we were 5-0 and through through the week. We ran over a couple of teams. We had a, one kind of stiff test, but I really kind of felt like we were we were the team to beat there and just uh, didn't, didn't quite get it done. But uh, with that being said, like, that was kind of the message to the boys in, in the locker room afterwards that, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the gold medal would have been nice, but for me and, and hopefully for them, um, the way that they came together as a team, like th- these are indigenous kids that come from all over the province, up North Island, interior, mainland, you name it. So none of them really knew each other when we first got going and to see the, the friendships and the bonds that they created throughout the week and, and, you know, going home at the end of, end of the week was maybe my most favorite and special memory I'll have is just how close that that group became. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, they all became a little bit better at, at playing lacrosse and, and grew up a little bit and, and all the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was an amazing week, man, um, an experience like none other. And, and if I get the opportunity to do it again in four years in Calgary, I'm definitely going to sign up to, to hopefully do the U19 boys, and, and we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, like I – I don't know. It's really hard to explain to you. know, like I, I don't know. I I must have cried like four or five times that week, and sometimes I felt like it was like for absolutely no reason. Like I was just emotional all week long. Some things happened that that you know there was an incident there that that kind of threw me off a little bit. That that caused some emotions. But uh, 
other than that, man, like just uh, an amazing week in Halifax, aside from the weather, which people assured me that that was not typical Halifax weather back there, but it was real sticky. Uh, there was a flood one night, like an emergency warning. Some people went missing. It was raining. Like they got, I don't know, man, like three months worth of rain in a 24-hour period is what they said. Like people, I think, you know, their houses got flooded. The waters were, highways got closed down. It was, uh, it was a little nuts, but they tell me that wasn't normal. For Halifax, but uh, yeah, man, the the premier showed or the prime minister showed up there. Uh, I think I might have mentioned that last week, and and it was just uh, an all around great week. Uh, but I'm super happy to be home. Like after going to San Diego for ten days, and then coming home for a couple of weeks, and then taking off for another eight days, like I'm happy to be home here. Uh, let's just say that, and and happy to be on Lax Class and. Uh, Hopefully, some of the boys are listening now, man. Uh, I think a few of them got turned on to the podcast while we were back there. So, uh, hopefully, the Team BC fellows are listening to this week. And we got a great program. We, uh, we're going to continue our convos with the captain. And we're on the Langley Thunder now. So, that means Connor Robinson, who's a veteran of Lax Class. He's been on a number of times. So, he knows what he's in for here. He'll join us in period two. Lax Class locks in period three. Remind me, Tino, uh, because our team manager said she started listening and we were talking about lax class locks and you know the betting and all she goes but i don't understand like i don't i don't get the the plus one or the the you know the plus two and a half or minus two and a half so i kind of forget that from time to time that we get new listeners literally each and every week and a lot of them were probably new to betting on sports so need a little refresher a little recap on on that come lax class lock so remind me on that uh, quick sticks, no shortage of quick sticks this week, and we probably won't get to them all because there's so, so many, but we'll do our best there, and here in period number one, it's Stallions, it's Lax Class Report Cards, of course, but enough about me and Halifax and Team BC and, and the show, what about you, Tino? I Doug texted me over the week, and he asked me, he needed to know who came out on top in the big Game 3 showdown between the Berards and the Eclipse. I saw a highlight on Instagram somewhere that the Eclipse were playing, I think, Port Moody. So that leads me to believe that the Berards didn't get it done in that deciding game three. No, uh, big loss in overtime. Uh, it was another low-scoring game. But they do, in that in Senior C, they, they started doing it this year. They do three-on-three three overtime. Mm, they do that in is- the WLA too now. I can't stand it. I like, I would almost just rat. Let's just freaking do a shootout or something. No, three on three no. is essentially, it's essentially a shootout. No, You're just, it's not. no, it's not. Yes. It is. Have you played in it? Have you played in it? Tino, I yes. played lacrosse for 40 something years. And back in the day in the WLA, when two guys took penalties on the same team, you play three on three lacrosse. This is part of box lacrosse, four on four and three on three lacrosse is part of box lacrosse. This happens in our game. Overtime in the playoffs should not okay. go to a gimmick format, there, format I can, like I can three get, on I can, three. I can get and when that. it gets down, for sure, it happens time to time, whatever. In overtime, 
when everybody's exhausted, it's essentially just becoming uh, a two on O or a two on one on every single possession. That's because senior C, senior C they're exhausted and getting a two on O. And okay, oh yeah, because WLA guys in overtime three on three aren't exhausted I will by say overtime. It should not be part of playoffs, especially in a deciding game. That is no way to decide of a lacrosse playoff game, but in the regular season, I don't mind it. Like I, it's better than a tie. Yeah, for sure. I would rather though. I like if you're gonna go to like something less than five on five, I would way rather four on four because then at the very least you're still getting a two man game on each side. Mm-hmm. Like that, I have way more time for than essentially like you're always gonna put out. You know, like you're gonna have whatever your two righties, your one lefty. You're gonna try to ISO the one lefty. If it doesn't work, then whatever you swing it over and then the other team gets a fast break and it's a two on one. And eventually it's, it's essentially breakaways nonstop in my opinion. But uh, I did want to say as well, like when you were talking about, I know you said we're going to move on from the Halifax stuff, but uh, I did want to say as well, just a quick comment on, you were talking about how quickly the guys came together and stuff like that and how close knit of a group that you ended up having. I think that that's just such an, like that's the best part about tournaments in general, when you're playing in minor lacrosse. And that's one of the things that, I found when I was graduating out of minor and out of junior and stuff that I missed the most was these tournaments when you go out of town and all of a sudden you're spending three, four days in a hotel with teammates that you don't necessarily know as well as some of your close friends on the team. And then regardless of if you, I mean, silver is tough because you end up losing in the final game, but you know, like if you're able to, to remember the experience as a whole, you walk away with those experiences as, you know, like, yeah, we came home silver medal, silver medal champions. And we came home with a ton of memories and a ton of great friends. And, and these are things that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And there's like, I'm going to get into it a little bit more and with my report card um, a little bit later on, but um, I just had an opportunity to catch up with a bunch of old teammates and, and guys that I, I played. I played with my whole life and, and played and junior with. Photo there, you got uh, you, you got some good run out of that. Yeah, and I, just this is especially if we have some of the new listeners that were on your team. Like, man, just just take in these moments and and definitely don't take them for granted because there's eventually going to become a time when you don't get to see some of these guys that become your closest friends as often as you get to, as you current excuse me currently get to and. Um, that's a really tough pill to have to swallow. So shout out to your group. Silver medal is, is, is something incredible, something that everybody should be super proud about yourself included as well. Um, and, and really make sure that everybody cherishes these memories. Yeah. It's got a, it's hanging right in front of my face. I'm going to look at it uh, almost every single day. And, and you're right, man. Uh, like I posted in our, our group chat the very following day. I'm like, I miss you guys already. Like I, it's been 24 hours and, uh, I'm not sure what to do with myself without them after kind of herding cats for for a a week oh actually i I got something else that i add quickly as well i've been thinking about this for uh like for a few days so last thursday um it's tuesday the time recording so yeah last thursday when i I was covering for you while you were in halifax Mm -hmm. doing the bellies game at queen's park and uh as i was uh after the games in new west there's the stonehouse player the game interview that you do and stuff like that so after i clean up all my gear i'm kind of like rushing down there um and somebody in passing this is the first time it's ever happened to me but Somebody in passing that I have no idea who they are uh, was like, hey, Tino, love the show, man. And I I was like in a rush. So I was kind of like, I didn't really think too much about it. But I was like, yeah, like, thank you so much, man. I I really appreciate it. Just like carried on. And I felt really bad because I felt like I just brushed this guy off that was like, hey, man, love the like, love what you like the show and everything like that. So first of all, I wanted to say to whoever that was that said, hey, to me in New West, I'm so sorry for blowing you off. But 
man, I know you've had this experience more than I have. Like you talked about that guy at the gas station, the, the cone guy or whatever, a handful of months ago or whatever. And I'm sure it's happened in other situations as well, but what a wild thought that there's people that I have no idea who they are that listen to this on like a regular basis. It's super overwhelming when I think about it, but I wanted to legitimately apologize to that guy because I felt like I just blew him off. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I mean, it literally happened in, in Halifax. I stepped onto the elevator and there was a, a young team, Alberta kid standing on there. And I said, Hey, I was going dude. And he looked at me, he goes, are you the lacrosse classified guy? (laughs) I said, yes. I said, yeah, that's me. He goes, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> like, thanks, man. And then I gave him this one, Tino, walking out of the elevator. I, you know, I walked out and I looked back over my shoulder and I stay classified. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what a loser! Yeah, yeah, totally. I just couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. So, um, anything else in your mind here before we jump into it here? Uh, what What else is new in your world, Tino? Anything you want to get off your chest here before we get into report cards? No, we got a big show. I think let's uh, roll on. All right, let's do it. It's report card day. Settle down, class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. Settle down, class. Report card. Uh, Report cards, they're brought to you by none other than one Mitchell Jones. We'll cross a quick stick off the list here right off the get-go. We're talking about Mitchell and and what the future may hold for him um, in, you know, with... Still a little jet lagged here, Tino. With unrestricted free agency, uh, with him being a 33 and under category, the secret's out. He's uh, staying in Philadelphia. Two-year deal for Mitch Jones, and uh, he's staying in Philadelphia. So that's off the table there in Vancouver. What's not off the table is Mitch Jones in the real estate market because he's powered by Stonehouse now, which also they're big supporters of the Sandbellies. This Thursday at Queen's Park, you can win a chance uh, for two tickets and a six-pack of Bellies Lager. I don't know if I've... Tried that yet. I don't think I have. But he's got the rink board up here now. Mitch Jones Real Estate, 604-916-6772. You can email him at mitch.jones at stonehouse.ca or you can Instagram him at mitchjones4. Have a place to sell. Need a place to buy. Mitch Jones Real Estate, powered by Stonehouse, is your guy. Listen, when you're buying a home for the first time, or even if it's not the first time, this will be the biggest purchase you ever make in your life, for most of us anyways, unless you're just rolling in it. So you got to take this seriously, and there's a lot of questions that need to be answered and a lot of concerns that you need to kind of cross off your list here. And I can't think of a more soothing person to talk to you about real estate than Mitch Jones. So again, Email them, Instagram them, or just give the cell phone a dingle. 604-916-6772. Might be the first time I've ever used the word dingle. I was going to say, what an incredible use of that word. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) All right. Lax class report cards. Uh, You're going first, Dino. What do you got? 
Yeah. So, um, sort of came up with this on the fly, but I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days here now. And I, and I touched on it briefly a few moments ago, but I don't really know. I guess I'll sort of go middle of the pack. Cause it's kind of, kind of positive, a little bit sad at the, t- at the same time. But like I mentioned, I, um, I got, I got an opportunity to see, uh, a handful of guys that I used to play junior with, um, and, and used to play like through my entire life, uh, over the weekend, my, my good buddy, Brant Hicks and his new wife, Caitlin Hicks, mm. I uh, just got married on, uh, on Sunday night and beautiful, like beautiful wedding, beautiful venue and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of got hit with that, that wave of nostalgia, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Um, in, in my eyes, it's a good thing because of course you get to relive all the great times from when, you know, you were younger, like me and Hicks, for example, specifically, like we've been playing together since we were like nine years old kind of thing. And, and we, full disclosure, like he plays still plays on my senior C team, but there's some other guys at the wedding that I played all through intermediate and junior with and, and haven't seen them in years and haven't been in the same room as them in years kind of thing. And all of us got to be able to get together. And we, it was, it was just like old times. And the sad part about that is, you know, in the following days, I'm left thinking like, Oh man, like it really sucks that you know, we get older and now I don't get to see like some of these guys were my, were the people I were seeing, you know, four or five days a week, uh, a handful of years ago, more than that. Not so, in color though. Sorry. So not in color though. You're colorblind yeah. too. Uh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> so I guess like I'm sort of given this like uh, a middle of the pack letter grade. Um, I guess it's more of it's le- whatever. I'll just give it a, a B or whatever towards nostalgia. But to me, it's more of like a, like a PSA to everybody listening. Cause I know we have a, a listener base of, of people that are like beer league heroes like myself or, or people that, you know, have, have grown up playing with however many people that they don't really get to see anymore. Like when I'm doing the junior games in Coquitlam, half of the alumni is there watching their kids play on this junior team and stuff. And, and I'm, I'm listening to them retell these old stories and stuff. So if anything, just take this as a PSA, reach out to your old teammates, your old buddies, like get together for whatever, a barbecue, a beer, whatever it is, because it's, it's, it's a great time. And I can pretty much guarantee that there's, there's a lot of people listening that when they hear this specifically, they have a ton of incredible memories that are flowing through their head with people that they haven't seen in a long time. So it goes quick. It goes quick, man. And each, sure does. each year that goes by goes a little faster. So buckle up Santino uh, B for nostalgia at a Tino Farah as he continues to dive deep for his report cards here last few weeks. Um, I got sent this today by our good buddy, Brent Robinson, the Okotoks lawyer. And uh, I think he's one who he got a couple of times as well. Speaking of that, just before I get on to this, I had a guy, I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but I had a guy message me after last week's show. I'm not naming any names, but, and he's not, he said he's not listening anymore because of this. So I don't even know if he's going to hear this. It doesn't really matter. But he got mad. He got mad at us, Tino, for not, you know, for for us regaling and celebrating the hiring of Kurt Miloski in Vancouver and not having a balanced report on the devastation and the and the destruction left in the wake of of Kurt leaving Calgary. And I was just He's like, not listening because of that? Yeah. Yeah. And I just said, <laughs> "Man, like, why not <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I said, why not be happy about the last 15 years and the two championships that Kurt helped bring to Calgary and all the success and everything else that like, of course I'm going to be excited and talk about the hiring and not the what's being left behind there in Calgary. I said, when Calgary hires a new coach, 
So we're going to talk about that. And let's not, you know, forget. Like, I've known Kurt since I could walk, essentially. And, yeah, like, I was excited. I'm still excited. And good Lord, does Vancouver ever need to have a guy like Kurt running the show here? Because I said to him, listen, this, this market has lost its team twice already. And if they do it again, it's not coming back. So sorry that, that you're upset, but like, I'm going to be excited and, and I'm not going to just sit there and dwell on the fact that Kurt's no longer in Calgary. Like, I'm sorry. And also, how about instead of maybe focusing on the devastation that it leaves, like how about celebrating the legacy that he leaves? Well, that's what I said, man. And I just, I was just like, man, okay. And then he just kept going. And then I just was like, all right, like good chat sort of thing. Move along. (laughs) Okotoks lawyer sent this out and there's a big long article and and maybe I'll, I'll retweet that if you want to kind of read the article, but he goes on to say, just to add some context, I'm just going to read this because It's way easier than me trying to explain it myself. So bear with me. About half the players on this team, so this this young minor team won a big tournament that had been won by a Calgary team for about like a decade straight or something. So this they come together from all clubs that are smaller around the Calgary area and would have never been able to put eight teams together to compete against the bigger clubs on their own. Calgary had won the gold medal going back to 2016. So there you go, eight years or seven years or whatever. As best as anyone can remember, or for the last 10 years, about eight years ago, some forward-thinking executives from Calgary Minor Lacrosse allowed smaller clubs to combine to put an A-team together. The program has been a success and putting competitive teams frequently beating the bigger clubs. Those players have all come through that program. The bigger Calgary teams have had to let the smaller clubs do this. They could have forced those players into B, maintained their dominant position, but they saw the bigger picture, provided the opportunity for every player to have a fair chance to play the game at their best level that they can. This result was the win was the result of that forward thinking, and I think that's something to be celebrated when often the energy around minor sports is negative. So we just saw Tino a couple of weeks ago out there in Ridge and what happened with that U13 girls team to going to Alberta where they came together collectively and said, okay, we got all these smaller teams with one or two good players on it, but they're not good enough to form a full A team here, but they want to play in this tournament. They want to play against this dominant team in Calgary. And they allowed all these smaller teams to come together to, to pool an A team together and they finally snapped the run of this, you know, eight or ten year winning streak that this other team, this big club in Calgary had. But my word, like, is this not what we're talking about here? Growing the game? This, this right here is how you do that. Well done to every executive and parent and whoever else is on these boards that not only came to this idea, but then the executive to push the idea through. And then for the bigger Calgary clubs to accept that knowing that they may not win anymore, but this is what is right. And this is what is best for this age group and this sport to continue to grow in Alberta. Somebody clip this and <laughs> clip it yeah. uh, clip and it. send it to uh, the Ridge Meadows minor lacrosse yeah. association, yeah. please. Well, I'm sure. And they're, thank you. I'm sure they're listening. I've gotten a, a few <laughs> new friend requests on Facebook over the last uh, little week from out in that area. I guess maybe people can see my, my Facebook. Like if you're not my friend, you can't see it. 
Um, so I was like, yeah, you're, you can be my friend. You can, you can see it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, a plus for, uh, for all those people back there in Okotoks and Calgary and, uh, the executives and the parents and everybody's getting an a plus this week, Tina. We love that. We love a pluses all around. Keeping it positive this week on EP 245. There are your Lax class report cards brought to you by Mitch Jones. And now, Tino, it's time to saddle up, buckaroo. We're heading for the Stampede Stables. Nay! Nay! <laughs> Nay! 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 Jen's not home this time. Oh, give her that. You sound like you're, you, you got asthma or something like that. Try one what more. Do you, what do you want me to do? Try one more. Nay. All right. That was a little bit better. That was that might be my best one ever. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. Stampede <laughs> Tack in Western Wear Stables for the Stallion of the Week. Brought to you by Stampede Tack. Let me just scroll down through all the reads that I've uh, acquired over... I don't know. What are we on here? Like year four of Lax Class or something, Tino? Stampede Tack in Western Wear, they're taking on winter. This is probably not an apropos read here, but this is the one I scroll to, so I'm just going to read it. There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing, and that's why Stampede Tack carries gear from Outback Trading Company. It is inspired by the harsh Australian Outback and features the traditional lowrider duster you know this thing if you ever this is what uh what's his face there costner wears on uh yellowstone walking around the ranch there <laughs> full waterproof full length slicker made to withstand all the climates made from treated cotton this oil skin will not quit much like a lacrosse player or check out the bush ranger jacket the lowrider duster or the bush ranger I mean, those might be the coolest sounding jackets I've ever heard. Uh, check them out at Stampede Tack in Western Wear at stampede.ca. Out there in Cloverdale, or you can go online because shopping online is still shopping local at stampede.ca. Um, Australia, that's where the Women's World Cup of Soccer is going on right there. So maybe it does work a little bit. Uh, Stallions of the Week, Santino. I blew your doors off, uh, according to Patty Patches Gregoire last week. Uh, so you better step your game up here this week. Who you got? Yes, yeah, tough. Even after I picked Pat too as my second, I, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, I'm going with a goaltender out in the BC Junior A League, and this specific goaltender had the most saves of any goalie in any league over the weekend. And granted, to be fair, there was only one other team that I saw in the WLA. Um, that had two games over the weekend, and it was Burnaby, and they used two different goalies for those games. So it's a little bit of an asterisk. However, Adam Bland mm. of the Victoria Shamrocks uh, got the series between the BC Junior A Finals between Coquitlam and Victoria, uh, helped backstop his team to tie the series at one on the uh, on Saturday night in Victoria, uh, finished out the weekend with 96 saves 
over 24 hours, which is uh, incredible because they played uh, Saturday night and uh, and Sunday night. Yeah, and the, even in the loss on Saturday night, I thought I thought that he was incredible. Both goaltenders were incredible. Jack Cask was was out of this world as well. But um, this is going to be a long series. Well, I was going to say that thing's going seven, is it not? It's criminal if it doesn't. Um, but yeah, both gold goaltenders played incredible, but with 96 saves over 24 hours, uh, that's, that's pretty unbelievable stuff. And that's worthy of a stallion, uh, in my mind. Okay. I'm down with it. Uh, Calgary F next to Adam Bland, uh, backing up Del Bianco there. So I don't mind it. I actually just touched down from Halifax at the start of that junior game and kind of watched that in the car as I was driving home a little bit. And. Victoria's not going to be an easy out, man. Uh, Coquillam is, is definitely going to have to work to to win that series, and uh, they will only play on the weekends, right, with the Island team involved. So it uh, could be a bit of a long, drawn-out series if it goes the distance. I think they play Game 7, like, on a Tuesday if they have to do that, but uh, we shall see on all of that. Once again, Tino, I got two stallions here i can't just pick one so pack you can pick one or the other and decide which you know wherever you want to do here but my first stallion of the week is going to my stepdaughter and owen shima who like i mentioned is coming home or came home with a gold medal for the u19 girls team bc winning the north american indigenous games and i was so proud of owen and, and all her teammates and you know, they had a bit of a mantra this year. I think I talked about Cheryl and Billy, who was a real pioneer in BC lacrosse here for women. She helped start the ALL Women's League and has really created a, a culture of box across around British Columbia. She's no longer with us, but this whole tournament and these girls played this whole week with her and their thoughts. And <laughs> Danny was about as emotional as you could get after the game and with her daughter on the team and um, winning it for Cheryl Lynn. So Owen and, and the rest of, of the girls are, are getting a stallion this week. And to one of the coaches of the U19 boys team, Tino, who plays for the Langley Thunder by the name of Aaron Skye, he and, and Crow and, and Sam Seward were the coaches for the U19 boys. And I found out on the way home from Halifax, like just to paint the picture here, we get, I don't know, like a 6 a.m. wake-up call. We hop on the bus probably just after 7. We get to the airport only to find out that we are not actually going to the airport, but we are going to a hangar. So a lot of the guys, including myself, did not have a breakfast (laughs) on the way to the airport, thinking, oh, I'll just eat at the airport. So we get shipped into this hangar, and we sat there for about three hours before we actually got on the plane in these, like, cheap-ass fold-out chairs. I was laying on the ground. Like, it was... It was not pleasant. Put that all aside. Long week in Halifax. Six-hour flight back to Vancouver. What does Aaron Sky do? He walks from where we landed down the road to the water plane taxi area and hops a flight to Nanaimo and is in the lineup for the Langley Thunder that night, coming from (laughs) Halifax at 6 a.m., Flies back, hops on a water ferry, and off to Nanaimo in the lineup for Langley Thunder. They didn't win the game, but the job that Aaron Sky did with those U19 boys, and then to dedicate, like, what a warrior, man. Like, I could not imagine trying to play a senior A game of lacrosse after a travel day like that. 
pretty spectacular stuff. So Aaron Sky, who I don't even think is on social media and probably will never hear this, he's going into the stable as well. So Adam Bland, Owen Shima, and Aaron Sky, welcome to Stampede Stables. You are this week's Stallions of the Week. I can't believe you called Aaron Sky a warrior instead of saying, what a stallion. Yeah. What a just absolute missed opportunity wow. that was by you. Yeah. That's Shame. Good. That might cost me. That might cost me. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. And on the other side, we will be joined by the captain of the Langley Thunder, Connor Robinson, will join us next. Stay classified. This is Vinny Ricci, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second period of action we go, which is presented by Rycor Construction. They make it stand out at Rycor. Interior and exterior renovations, kitchens, fences, bathrooms, decks. Something as simple as a fence. Rycor Construction will do it, and when they do it, they'll make it stand out. Go to www.rycorconstruction.ca or check out their handiwork on the socials at Rycor Construction, Inc., uh, Josh Mills was really standing out back at Nag Tino. I think he led all scorers in the entire tournament and uh, was an absolute stud out there. This guy's an absolute stud as well, although he has not been in the Langley Thunder lineup for quite some time, and we may not see him for a couple more weeks as well. But he's happy to be, well, I hope he's happy. He's happy to be back on Lax Class once again as the captain of Langley Thunder. Connor Robinson Back on the program. Uh, C-Rob, what's going on, man? Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jumbo. Happy to be here. Good. I'm glad you're happy. Uh, we're happy to have you. I can't imagine you're too happy not playing, though. And I know you're not going to tell me what's going on. The last time I saw you, you said you were a healthy scratch. And I said on the air, I think that's uh, absolute malarkey. Like, I didn't believe you for one second. But you're getting closer to making your return. Is that correct? Yeah, getting better every single day. You know, it's I hate being hurt. I hate being away from the fellows on the floor, but I, I still get to spend some time with them in the room and, and contribute the best way I can. So that's trying to keep my head in the game, and I'm just I, I can't wait to get back. I, being being uh, being away from the lineup it, is tough, and you know it's it really makes you miss the sport. And I I can't wait to be back with the fellows at the LEC. Just so you know, it's way worse when you're actually a healthy scratch, which I was a lot <laughs> over my playing career. <laughs> Uh, I've been, I've actually been wanting to ask, uh, some of these Western guys. So, so you're probably the best candidate here considering you had such a long season in the NLL and then going right into the WLA. Is there, is there any kind of transition period or is there any kind of like physical toll that it takes on your body when you're going from having such a long year in the NLL and you're playing on the same turf every weekend, and then you go straight to the WLA where on any given night you're playing on concrete, uh, wood, uh, a different kind of turf, and you're having like midweek games. What's that transition like for you? Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, the the NLL, we're fortunate enough to play once a week, maybe uh, maybe once in a blue moon, especially during the playoffs, you go back to back twice on the week, but it's, it's not too bad of a transition. Definitely the first couple of games. And I, I was really lucky where I, I finished NLL and I came back and I practiced a few times on the LEC turf. And then I got a little bit of cushion playing in Burnaby in the swamp on that wood floor and then got concrete. So I kind of dipped my toe in the water, but just going straight to concrete, it, it is pretty tough on, on the body, especially where you're playing two, three times a week and, and you're diving, but you kind of get good at, at not going to the ground and figuring ways to, to stay off that hard concrete. Cause once you do, and you fall on it two or three times in the same spot, it gets, uh, 
it gets pretty lingering, but as long as you take care of your body, there's, there's not much transition. It's the same sport, maybe a couple different rules, but it's the same guys you play with. You still have the same game plan. You're not going out there to, to get hurt, but you're going out there to play smart and play hard. And you know what? In, injuries are going to happen, but the best way you can do it is play a hundred percent. You get injured when you start thinking about kind of letting up and doing that. That's where people run into problems. But if you just kind of stick to your game, I think you'll be all right. Thunder sitting at 13 and four Belly's sitting at 13 and three. You guys got one game left. They got two games left. Uh, I think they got Berards and Timberman. You guys got the Lakers Wednesday night. You know, the, the top four are set here, Connor. It's just a matter whether and where these, these teams are going to finish. And I don't know what, like how you felt or, or what you thought going into this year, I had a pretty good idea that you guys were going to be strong. The West is going to be strong. Nanaimo, I thought, would be lingering around. Victoria, you, there you can never count these guys out. Any one of these teams that you may potentially match up against, I mean, you're eventually you're going to have to beat two good teams to make it to the Manor is where I'm going with all this. Yeah, no, they're, I mean, it's the top four teams are, are really good. And I heard you mention on the broadcast earlier in the year that the bottom three are they're 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 not doing great, but they're definitely they got some young talent and they're they got a promising future. Maybe not this year, but you kind of see the same. Well, I guess not the same four teams because you kind of swap Coca-Cola with New West. But you see Nanaimo over there. They've they've been great for a long, long time. They were they were pretty bad about 10, 15 years ago, just going over there and blowing them out. But I mean, they've done a phenomenal job bringing in guys like John Phillips and Evan and and a couple of main law guys and building that core. So Nanaimo is just they're awesome. They're super young. They're super dangerous. They love to run the floor. We were over there Sunday night, which is we got to do something about those Sunday night 7 p.m. <laughs> I was games. To say, that is that is not <laughs> ideal. Sunday night in Nanaimo, seven o'clock start too. Like, what's up with that? No, it was uh, it wasn't the best. I think I rolled through the door at like two thirty uh, Monday morning, so oh. I wasn't wasn't too much of a happy camper. But I, I can't say much. I don't I don't work a nine to five, so I really feel for those guys that got to be at the office at eight a.m. on Monday. Yeah, but and the, they've uh, kind of had your number a little bit, kind of. Like, I, I mean, the overtime game. You, you probably heard my comments on that. Like I. <laughs> I think that was about as brutal as it gets coming down the stretch there in OT. But this last game against the Timmerman, you know, a bit of a weaker lineup for you guys. You're missing some key guys on defense. No Frankie, no Dixon in that lineup. No yourself, of course. But like I said, you can't take anything away from these Timbermen. They, they're a good, good team. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you got to bring your A game to beat it. And it, it, they definitely puts an extra bit of uh, – bit of toughness but you added in that travel day over there but I mean we got to come and they played hard they played well and I wouldn't use the word weaker lineup I would definitely just say just say younger you got those guys that now we're in those dog days of July beginning of August where we gotta start putting out the best 18 we can so I thought that was a great kind of learning experience for those younger guys about kind of coming over there and what it's going to take to be successful and you got to bring it and it kind of sparked a little bit of fire between a couple of younger guys and I think that's going to be good for us kind of moving forward and, and heading into these playoffs that you got to bring your A game or else you're kind of hooped well let me ask this before Tino jumps back in and there's been a lot of like I mean not just with Langley but there has been a lot of moving pieces on your roster Connor with you know you, you a couple of guys coming back late after a long NLL season and some eastern guys taking some time off and you know, Frankie hasn't been there for the last few. How difficult is it to kind of bring all these stars together and then try and form that cohesion and chemistry while there's all these moving pieces kind of going in and out of your lineup? That can't be easy. No, and it's it's definitely tough playing with new players. I mean, you obviously want Dicks, Dobbs, Frank, and that is in the lineup every single night. But it, it's kind of nice when they 
I'm not going to say they take the night off, but if they're, if they're not with us that night, we get the opportunity to play with a couple of guys we haven't yet. And, and we get to learn kind of their moves and how they play. And it, it is kind of nice kind of making those connections with those younger guys. You know, I've myself, Kinnear, kind of the guys that were here last year, we already had that connection with them. So it's kind of nice to bring in those younger guys like Bowen, Kirkham, uh, Clay Scanlon, you know, guys that weren't there last year and build that connection, not having those older mature guys in the lineup. It's a pretty cool feeling knowing that they're kind of being a sponge and, and trying to take in as much playing time as they can, but they're, they're just being awesome. And then when Dixon and Dobbs come back, they're just, they're, they're lights out and they're doing whatever they can to get them open and get them the ball. I think it kind of pushes them to be better. Uh, speaking of those, those kind of like extra roster guys, uh, a guy that's on your guys' roster, I don't think he was there last year, but I grew, actually grew up playing with him is Jesse Gillespie. And he's, you know, he was a guy when we were growing up, he was always kind of, a captain on the team, a leader, like vocally as well as on the floor. And he's actually the only player on your guys' roster that's played in every single game this season. Um, how much do you know about Jesse Gillespie and, and what can you say about what he brings to the floor and to the locker room? I, yeah, I, I got the the fortunate opportunity to play with his older brother, Luke and junior, then play alongside Jesse for, I think a year, maybe two in junior as well. So when I heard he was coming back, I was pretty ecstatic. You know him, he's, he's a pretty vocal guy. He's very positive in the room and he, he's very good for, for the younger guys kind of getting out there and showing kind of how to do it and how to, to kind of play lacrosse the right way, you know, fundamentals, good defense, a lot of talk on the floor. And I think it's really good to kind of have that talk back there, him alongside Callies and Magnuson, same kind of age group, same kind of age, just kind of bringing up those younger guys. And, and he's, he's awesome out there. He loves to play. He's uh he's the newly Burnaby firefighter. So he's looking nice and uh, nice and muscular. So he's pretty good at throwing those defenders around. <laughs> There's the promo clip right there. Nice and muscular. Oh yeah. Here with Connor Robinson, captain Langley thunder. And I've been kind of waiting for this game to kind of come up all year long. And I was wondering like, what are they doing? And, and then finally they make the announcement that they're going to do it in the playoffs. And that's the Tessa Beauchamp night that you've been a part of for the last few years here. Now, Connor um, talk about how important this night is to, to the Bucking family and to the Thunder organization and how special it is to put one of those jerseys on. I mean, I Robbie sent me a little sneak peek of those jerseys and they look phenomenal this year and it's awesome. We're doing it in the playoffs. We'll draw a bit more crowd, but yeah, I mean, it, it's such an awesome night. You know, the, it, they were very near and dear to the, to the Buck and family. And I mean, it's unfortunate kind of the, the circumstances where we have to play this game, but it's awesome how we're bringing recognition. We're selling those jerseys. We're bringing money into, you know, it's just to, to, to support Tessa and kind of like the fight that goes on. And I mean, I couldn't be happier to be a part of it. I think this is, I don't want to be wrong, but I think this is my fifth year being a part of it and you know it's it always drives drives a nice crowd it's always a little extra motivation for us and it's just it's something we can do to you know celebrate testing keeping our thoughts uh you already talked earlier uh in the in the show here about the additions that nanaimo brought in and but you guys have also brought in a handful of acquisitions here as well and whether or not they play assuming you guys get a deep man cup run um we'll still have to wait and see but what's that like for you when you see the likes of jeff teat and Christian Del Bianco get uh, added to your guys' roster, ideally to play for you guys if you do end up going on uh, on a deep man cup run here. Yeah, I mean, Rob Bakken has done a phenomenal job kind of pulling those strings and, and getting everyone in and, and getting those people and getting those pieces. So not to look ahead, but if we're fortunate enough to go back to the man cup, I mean, we were 20 minutes away last year and it was, uh, it was a pretty heartbreaking finish. So I don't know if anyone can kind of really share how it felt other than people who've actually lost like that so i we don't want to do it again and i mean i'm pretty sure anyone in the lacrosse world you ask them hey you guys uh 
you guys want teat and delves in your lineup i'm pretty sure 100 people out of 100 are gonna say absolutely before they even finish talking so we're we're more than happy to have them but we got to get there first and that's kind of First and foremost, we've got to win the West. We'll probably add Eli Salama and Warren Jeffrey to that list as well as uh, we spend a couple of more minutes here with Connor Robinson. I think I've probably asked you this before, C-Rob, but I, I want to ask you again. And, and you get the C put on your jersey. And you are not the oldest guy on that team. You haven't been around that team the longest, I don't think. And you have the the personalities of Dixon and Dobie and, and you know, some real – high-end talent not that you're not in that category yourself but I guess where I'm asking is like how do you take on that responsibility and and how do you how do you incorporate that into a locker room with just a a star-studded locker room where you know there's some pretty big personalities in there and you as the captain kind of try and have to manage that yeah I mean yeah I mean it was uh I was very surprised very honored when Rob told me last year that I was going to be the captain of the team and I mean having guys like Dixon and Dolves you know guys that I've looked up to when I was kind of playing minor and growing up in the system and then finally get to the NLL and and now be given the opportunity to play with them it's it's definitely surreal and don't get me wrong the first couple games were we're a little nervous but I mean it's at the end of the day it's just a a piece of a piece of fabric stitched onto your chest and yeah it means that I'm the captain but it, it doesn't change the way I play or the way I, I, I approach the game it sure it brings a little bit more leadership and maybe the younger guys will will kind of look up but at the end of the day it's you got myself you got Churchy you got Dix you got Dolbs on the back end you got Callies you got you know Jessica the vets that kind of have been around the block and kind of are leaders in their own way so we have so many vocal guys in the room it's it's really awesome for me to kind of have that lifeline to re- not I wouldn't say lifeline but kind of those branches to reach out to and to, so there's not just one voice and then at the head of it all we got Kurt where I mean he's the big voice in the room and he, we couldn't be happier to have it. it it makes our job super easy when he comes out there and he draws a great game plan and I mean he's he's one heck of a coach and I'm I'm ecstatic to have him and I couldn't be happier I've played what six or seven games on that bench and there are some of the some of the best times I've had because he's well, just I was, was going to ask you man like you you've played against Kurt coach teams and and with players that have had him as a coach and not had him. What's it been like? I mean, going from from Hot Rod to to Kurt, two pretty big personalities there. But you know, what's it been like playing for Coach Miloski? It's a bit of an adjustment. I definitely didn't. Uh, you, you don't really know when you play against him, kind of like how his he kind of conducts his bench. But it's a very strict bench. He likes to keep it in order. He doesn't like a lot of talk. It's all positivity and about us. We don't really care what the other team does or what the officials do. It, it, it's all positive and kind of focusing on the task at hand. And sure, some guys might need a little kind of yelling to when they uh, when they screw up on the floor. But for the most part, it's all very calm, keel. You know, you got to focus on those five minutes and and kind of move on. So it's really been awesome. And I I can't wait for the playoffs with them. Uh, I I have to apologize if I'm going to be bringing up uh, a tough or a sour memory here, but uh, I kind of want to go back to the man cup last year because we were talking before you came on the show today about, you know, like old memories and old teammates that you play with. And, you know, even though like some guys win a silver medal, it's still a lifelong memory in these tournaments and stuff. But um, you got an opportunity to play in Peterborough last year in a hostile environment trying to compete for a man cup obviously it wasn't the end result that you wanted but you know years from now i got to imagine there's got to be some pretty incredible stories that come from that series as a whole so for myself and for people that don't know what it's like to play in like i said a hostile peterborough environment what what was that like for you 
I mean, it, it was incredible. It was the closest thing I could get to playing in the NLL without. I mean, it's it's the local kind of summer ball you dream about where, I mean, I've only experienced one time in my life outside of that, and that was in 2007 when the Man Cup was in uh, in New West with the infamous bench brawl. But it's just oh, it's nine, some of those. 09, Connor. Oh, seven. Was it 09? Yeah, 09, yeah. That was, I mean, it's, you get a barn packed full of fans who just love lacrosse and they're just coming out to support your city. And now I got to be on the other end of it. And it was, it was pretty cool. And I mean, those are the kind of things you live for where, you know, everyone in the building, let alone everyone in the city hates you and, and wants you to lose. So it kind of gives you that extra, extra push and that extra motivation to kind of push harder. And it was, it was so much fun. I mean, you, you talk about the big barns out East, you talk about borough you talk about nation and finally getting to to experience that it was something that like you said it's it's memories that'll last a lifetime and yeah we didn't win but we were pretty darn close and i'll hold on to those memories those fun times in the hotel with the fellows and and in the stands and it's it it, it makes you hungry for the next one well i'll ask you this man you know we saw christian and and some others uh make their way to to ladner for this season with them you know having a, a pretty stacked roster and winning the president's cup last year they're going to host it next year but for you I, I you know i think the option was there for you connor to to go you decided to stay and is that because you you felt some loyalty to the bucking family and, and the thunder organization or is it the the wanting and the desire of, of trying to run down a man cup that you've had a couple of cracks at now, or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I'd say well, all of the above. I mean, the Buckins are, they've treated me very well the time I spent in Langley and bringing me in from, from a whole, from a hostile city. I mean, it was, it was a little nervous, but they've done an awesome job bringing me in and, and making me feel like home and bringing in kind of the staff and the coaches that kind of emulate that. So I'm super thankful, but yeah, I'm uh I'm 0 for three. So I mean, I hopefully win one eventually. I lost 17, 19 last year. So I mean, we gotta we gotta keep pushing. And I mean, it's it really losing sucks, but the losing and and the the sucky memories really kind of push you, and you really hold on to those. So I mean, I'm excited to give it another crack, and hopefully, you know, fourth time's a charm, as the uh, the old saying goes. <laughs> You sound like Shane Jackson all of a sudden. All right, Connor, I think I'm done. Tino, you got anything left for Connor Robinson? All good for questions over here. Connor, we look forward to you getting back in the Thunder lineup and a deep playoff run with Langley. Thanks so much for doing this. And, uh, man, it's going to be NLL season before you know it. We'll probably have to have you back on. I know. I'm excited. Lacrosse all year round. What's not to love? There you go. There he is. Connor Robinson, captain of the Langley Thunder. We could have gone on there with Connor. You can tell, Tino, the man is uh, no stranger to Lax class there. That was a great interview. Yeah, it was. And I was kind of thinking beforehand, like, so last season, or not last season, the season prior, the Mammoth win the uh, the NLL Cup, mm-hmm. and then, unfortunately, he loses in the, in the the Man Cup following. Maybe maybe this year, since the Mammoth fell short, this is the ah. year we get the reverse. So maybe there's a Man Cup in his future here. I might actually give you a hot take for that, Tina. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, great chat with C-Rob right there. I think, uh, where are we going next after that? It's got to be Maple Ridge, right? I think we're sticking in the West here. For convos with the captains for the next few few episodes, anyways. I think Maple Ridge is up next. M before N, right? And then New West after that. All right. Uh, period number two is now complete, which means just one more period to go here on the program. Lax class locks and quick sticks are still to come. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience and extensive product catalog, 
and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hi, this is Bill Fox, NLL Hall of Fame referee, and you're listening to Lax Glass. Welcome back to Lax Glass. Period number three is now a go. Thanks for hanging with us. Jake Elliott, Santino Farrow with you. And with us since day number one, Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com. Need a label, need a package. They are your people. They focus on people. They focus on ethics, and they focus on quality at Associated Labels and Packaging. Everything needs a label or a package. It's true. Look it up. And uh, if you need one, Go to Associated Labels and Packaging. As we move into period number three, that means I have to request that you subscribe to the podcast, that you review the podcast, five stars only, please. Uh, give us a follow on social media, at Lacrosse Classified and Insta, at Lax Class on Twitter, at Ferretino, at PXP for sports, and email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. If you're not into that whole social media thing, and uh, we'd appreciate it if you did all of that. Uh, now, Tino, it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hear by the clip, lock of the week. As you just heard there, no money drop on the end of the soundbite this week, Tino. Another two for three week on the parlay. And man, all we needed was the under in Burnaby and Coquillum on Saturday night. I don't know how these, again, I've mentioned this. Like, I do not know how these bookmakers come so close to the total and the spread. And it's mind boggling to me. But I was feeling pretty good about this. And then, uh, you know, I saw who the starting goaltenders were in that game, and I thought to myself, well, this could be an over. And uh, 10 goals in the first period between the two teams, and it was over before I knew it. Uh, so we'll try and do a little better this week, Tino. And uh, I can't believe it, man. This is the final week of the regular season in the WLA. It's like we're we're coming down to it here. It was a full slate of games. I was just thinking – um, like before we started recording this segment, actually, I was like, oh man, like we have a, like a, a lot of, a lot of lacrosse coming up, but, but we're almost finished. And it, it reminded me about last year when we were in the dog days, when there was no lacrosse available to be able to gamble on. And we started resorting to like CFL. betting on esports and like, man, we're like approaching that territory again. So I'm we'll hoping, buckle up folks. Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, Greggy gets Prezi odds up this year. Cause, uh, I think that could be a lot of fun, but we got lots to talk about and you didn't remind me but i reminded myself so first things first go to coolbet.com sign up for your account use the bonus code lax class in the little bar up there in the the top where it says bonuses you just put in lax class it's one word and for your first time deposit uh, Coolbet will match you up to $200. So if you put in 200 bucks right off the get-go they will match you straight up and just give you $200. So that's the first thing. So then when you go to the lacrosse tab and you see all the odds there, and, and this is, I think, you know, a little refresher here 
and and maybe a little education for the new better that's listening to Lax Class. Let's just take the the first game on the docket here, which is tonight. Nanaimo at Burnaby. So Burnaby at home is a plus 245. Now, anytime you see a plus number beside that team, that means they are the underdog in that game. So Burnaby is a plus 245. Nanaimo is a minus 312. That's a pretty heavy favorite right there. Anything like over 150, you're a pretty heavy favorite in this game. So that's just the money line. That's straight up. That's picking the winner. Who you think is going to win the game, doesn't matter how it happens, just picking a winner. The handicap, or two-way, as they call it. I kind of like to call it the point spread because it's a spread, essentially, on how much a team is actually favored by. So you'll see both these teams are a minus 110, so this is even money is what they'll call this when both odds are exactly the same for whichever team you want to pick. Minus 110, that's a pretty normal, even money odd. So as you can see, Nanaimo is favored minus three. And remember, the minus is the favorite. Minus three goals. So Nanaimo is favored in this game to not only win, but to win by three goals. So if you pick Nanaimo in this situation, they need to win by four. If you pick Burnaby, which are a plus three, they can either win the game outright or lose by two and you still win. So because they are the underdog in this team, they are getting a three-goal advantage, which means that they can lose by two, lose by one, or win the game. The over-under, I think, is pretty simple. If you need help on this, I'm not sure what to tell you, but they're both even odds, minus 110 again here. This is the even money. It's just pick one or the other. Essentially, you're flipping a coin, heads or tails, over or under, and you'll see it's at 19 and a half. So why do they put it at half? Because, well, you can't finish a game 10-9 and then it gets pushed and you don't get anything for hitting the number either way. When you put on that half goal, you know there can't be a push. So to win, if you bet the over, it's got to be a total of 20 goals or more. And to lose, if you put the over, it's got to be under 19. So 10-9, you would win 10-8, 10-7, whatever. Pretty simple, over or under the total amount of goals in the entire game between both teams. Now, a parlay, Tino. A parlay is when you pick more than one bet per game or more than one or more than one game and combine bets together, which we have done here for the Lacrosse Classified Parlay, which you will find if you just search up Lacrosse Classified in the search bar, the parlay will be there. So we are essentially taking three even money odds. They're all minus 110. So you can go one direction or the other here, and it's going to work out to the same amount. But what we have come up with here for this week's parlay, and I hope after explaining all of that, that this pays off here. But we are going with Nanaimo at home, facing the new Westminster Salmon Bellies, and I think these are. this is a Friday game, so we've waited a little longer in the week here so you can get your money down. Friday, Saturday, Sunday for this week's parlay. Nanaimo is a three-goal underdog on their home floor to the new Westminster Sound Bellies. We like the Timbermen in this game. Maybe to just win it outright, 
but we're giving ourselves that three-game buffer at minus 110. So they can, again, lose by three or less or win the game, and you win that bet. But we got to win all three bets for the parlay to come in. Next one is Coquillum at Maple Ridge. It's a total of 18 and a half, so you got to reach 19 for it to be an over, 18 for it to be an under. We are going under in this game, two teams that do not score a ton of goals, and we like the under between Coquillum and Maple Ridge. The Saturday game, we're going over Shamrocks and Adnex. Again, this is an 18 and a half total. We like the over in this game, so under in Maple Ridge, over in Coquitlam, and the Timberman at plus three, all minus 110, but when you have three games and you times them all together, that's where the juice comes in. You put down 20 bucks on this, you're coming home with a cool bet return of around 150 bucks here, Tino. I like this parlay a lot, and here in the final week of the WA regular season, it's time to put some money back in the classmates' pocket here. And uh, we're, we're due for a win as well. Two, two for three in the last handful of weeks. So uh, it's, uh, it's all coming up Millhouse right yeah, now. Okay. So there you go there. Hopefully I explained that. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Even for myself, like I'm not a seasoned gambler, gambler like yourself and some of the other listeners are and stuff like that. So the refresher, even for myself is really helpful. And you know what? Like we talk about putting down 20 bucks on a bet here. You do not have to do that. You can bet as little as $1. On this bet. Let's just see what $1 will pay. You're getting a cool bet return of like eight bucks, Tino, on a $1 bet here. If you want to put down five on this, you're looking at about 40 bucks. You want to put down 10 on it, you're looking at about 80 bucks. Stay cool, bet responsibly, but you don't have to bet 20 bucks. You can bet more than 20 bucks, but you can bet as little as $1 and just. It just adds a little more excitement and fun when you're watching the game and you're cheering on your team when you got a little something riding on it. That's all I'm saying. Suddenly these games that you have no interest in whatsoever become incredibly interesting. And uh, Yeah, like we're talking Adnax and Berards. Both teams are not making the playoffs. But when you got a little money on it, well, suddenly you kind of care who wins and who loses or how many goals are scored. or how <laughs> you know, So... There you go. There's Lax Class Locks, a little refresher course for the new gambler and the new classmate that uh, might be hopping on the pod here a little bit late. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Bonus code is Lax Class, free money, lacrosse classified parlay. Lock of the week, right there. All right, Tino, it's your favorite time of the podcast. It's time for Quick Sticks. 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 Oh, that was that was maybe that was our, our be- best one. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. That's <laughs> quick sticks. You want to go first? I don't know how many quick sticks you got. You know, I got a bunch here, and like I said, there's so much news and notes and what have you coming out through the lacrosse media outlets that I'm not sure. I'm probably gonna miss stuff, but uh, go ahead if you got if you got some quick sticks. Yeah, I mean, there's like some news and notes going around in the NLL. I mean, like the the first one that I saw today when I opened my phone was uh, Rob Williams joining the yes. uh, joining the bench with Kurt Miloski in Vancouver. How about that? Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty huge uh, coming over from Vegas. Of course, he was previously with Miloski over in Calgary. Um, what else? Uh, also, right before or a little bit before we started recording, we saw Frank Shiliano uh, <laughs> breaking some news of him 
now not being in, in uh, San Diego and going over to Sask? Well, this is a bit of an interesting one because San Diego just tweeted out a couple of days prior that Shiliano was signed, and which I think they ended up going on to delete that tweet because it was a little bit incorrect. San Diego had put the franchise on Frankie, but that doesn't mean that he was signed. It just means that he's not able to negotiate with any other teams and has the opportunity to make 25% over max with the Seals. Or I don't know. Like You don't normally see this, a player break his own news. And I don't think the Rush can announce anything yet. I don't think San Diego can announce anything yet. Frankie didn't seem to care. He just said it. I'm going to Saskatchewan. Thanks for the memories in San Diego. But I still don't know if this is like a sign and trade or a straight up trade or a unrestricted free agent signing. Still a little convoluted, but from the sounds of it from Frank Shiliano, he's off to Saskatchewan. A lot of people speculating that he and Doby would make their way to Vancouver with Coach Malosky from Langley, of course. But it doesn't look to be the case. Dolby resigns in San Diego, and it looks like Frank is off to Saskatchewan. I, I have two things to add about the about the Shiliano news. First of all, we I th- we said like a couple of weeks ago when we were, when we were talking about some of these trades that Sask was making, like Mark Matthews and bringing over Dodds and and so on. Like the next thing up was to address their goaltending. I can confidently say that they have done so. Um, and the other thing I was going to say with with uh, Frankie uh, tweeting this out, he's the one breaking his own news. The last time, just scrolling through his Twitter, the last time that he tweeted was 2020. Yeah. Like uh, he's had some retweets here and there and stuff, but that's why I the said last that was my that tweet. He sent a tweet. That was my tweet. He doesn't tweet <laughs> often, but when he does, when he does, and he did. Unreal. So yeah, pretty spectacular there. I'm sure he's going to hear about it from one side or the other. <laughs> I don't know who gets more mad at at that tweet, but somebody's going to be mad. Guaranteed. Yeah, and uh, I just I got one more uh, one more to add okay. before uh, before you go through your list. I uh, just got it up on my phone right now. Billy D. Smith uh, stepping away from the Halifax Thunderbirds bench. He was their defensive coach, of course. Um, the reasons cited were just to focus on family and life outside of lacrosse. So, uh, shout out to Billy D. Smith. I know he's kind of a fan favorite over there in Halifax and just in general kind of throughout the league. So many people have so many awesome things to say about him. So he's stepping away and uh, congratulations on, on all his success so far in Halifax. You're taking uh, all my quick sticks now, Tim. I'm not going to let you go first anymore. (laughs) Uh, Bandits have made a qualifying offer to Ian McKay to chase Fraser and place the franchise tag on Dane Smith. PCLC has offered the franchise tag to Callum. I believe he can decline that if he likes. We mentioned the Mitch Jones news to Philadelphia. Thomas McConvey, the Nighthawks top pick, has signed a two-year agreement. I believe that PCLC also offered a contract to Matt Beers, which he rejected, and I'm Kind of eager to keep my eye on that situation. Cody Jamison has signed a three-year deal in Halifax to finish off his career. Robert Hope's back in Colorado. Lyle Thompson got the franchise. Brian Cole do a three-year. Holden Katoni has been qualified, as has Ryland Hartley. Cam Holding is back under contract. Adam Jay to the Warrior to the Rush. Aaron Bold is back in Vancouver. Um, they've signed Owen Grant as well, have the Warriors. That was really good to see. Like, I cannot wait to see Owen Grant and Reed Bowering side by side. 
Like, that is going to be spectacular. Vegas and who was it? Albany making a deal. Thomas Vison for Sam Firth. Uh, nice little one-for-one one deal. We mentioned Doby. A um, lot of movement going on in the National Lacrosse League for signings. And August 1st, it's going to get even uh, more active. So just kind of keep an eye on, on the NLL socials. You can go to the transaction page, and uh, all the information is always there. Uh, Teat, Ron John, like, I mean, the list goes on here. There was one transaction, what like Kyle Rubish turning down the franchise tag in Saskatchewan, so he's going to make his way to the open market. Uh, then they placed the franchise tag on Robert Church. They re-signed Bobby Kidd. They qualified Mike Messenger. A lot of stuff going on. So check out the transaction wire on the NLL for all the news and latest on player signings. Uh, what else do I got here? A lot of provincials going on when I was away, Tino. I, I saw the Berards had some some pretty good success. But uh, always a special time for the minor player this time of year and your provincials, which is kind of the pinnacle for you in minor. And, man, it's, it's really cool to... To kind of see, well, parents are always going to be proud of their kids, but, you know, watching the the fan pride from different organizations all kind of attending these provincials, wherever they may be, and, and it's such a fun time. Like like you mentioned, the tournaments and stuff that you go to as, as a minor player, but provincials is kind of where it's at, and that's when it matters most. And, man, people get uh, get behind their teams here and, and support these uh, young kids while they're playing in, in, you know, what are the biggest games of their lives. Yeah. And then like I, as a player in minor, I never had a chance to go to provincials. I, I went a handful of times as a coach, but uh, it was so cool that that exact reaction of, you know, like when I was coaching and, and our teams would make it to provincials, like I had parents that were asking me for like my past Brars jerseys for them to be able to wear to support their kids. So everyone's wearing blue and parents have face paint on and siblings and friends are coming out to watch and stuff. So yeah, again, like I said earlier, just make sure everybody cherish these moments because they are, uh, these are lifetime memories. Um, playoff matchups from kind of around things. The Miners got past the SWAT. The Mounties and the Raiders are tied up at two in that best of seven. I think they play game five tonight, as do the two Ontario Junior Series uh, with Toronto taking on Orangeville, who I think are up 2 nothing in their series. I think it's 1-1 between Mimico and Burlington. By the way, fans in Mimico are just built a little different. You know, I don't know if you've been seeing the the social media feeds from Mimico during their playoff games, but holy crap, do they get into those games, man. Just wild. The Northmen, I said it, Tino, I said it like a month, six weeks ago, this team was going to run the table right to the Minto Cup Championship. They're 25-0 and now and have still yet to lose a game this year. Uh, they're playing game three against the Beaches tonight. I still standing behind that take, Tino. I think the Northmen are going perfect in 2023. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. I uh, maybe my own version of the hot take. I I do still think that Orangeville is generally speaking gonna gonna run their way through and and ultimately end up in the Man Cup final. But <laughs> I think if anybody is gonna hand them their first loss, I think it's Toronto. Mm. I think the I think the beaches may hand Orangeville their potentially only loss. Um, <laughs> Coquitlam and Victoria are tied up at one after their opening weekend of that BC final. That's going to be a fun series to keep an eye on in uh, Senior B in Ontario. 
Owen Sound in Oakville. I think Oakville is up in that series. Six Nations is taking on Brooklyn. And from what sounds like Brooklyn might get through there on the Riv. Uh, all the schedules are up there. I want to give a quick shout-out to, to my boy Luelis Mitchell back in Aquasasne, who has his Aquasasne Thunder. Like I mentioned, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, they got past the defending Founders Cup champions in Nepean. Now they're up against Orangeville, and I think they're up two buzz in that series now. And uh, the Thunder are rolling down there in Aquasasne as they try and make their way to the Founders. Uh, Ladner is taking on North Shore. Victoria is taking on Nanaimo. I think that's a do-or-die game tonight, actually, in Nanaimo. Victoria up in that series. You'd expect the Pioneers to get past the Indians of North Shore, and uh, we'll see what that final looks like against potentially Victoria. Senior B in the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. What do we got here? Uh, Mounties, Rebels, Miners over the Knights. So probably Knights and Mounties. Actually, sorry, Mounties and Miners should probably meet in the Rocky Mountain final. I don't want to put the cart before the horse there, but uh, that's what it's looking like in that province at that level. Did we miss anything? I think we we covered everybody off there. I always worry about that. Yeah, and if if uh, if we missed, just everyone make sure you berate Jake in yeah. his DMs. Yeah, well, or ask Dino you know, to do a little more preparation. Don't put all the pressure on me. all right uh there you go 245 i think has come to a close we appreciate all the classmates listening new and old we appreciate our sponsors too of course stampy tack associated labels and packaging rycor construction coolback canada and mitch jones real estate powered by stonehouse support these people they support the podcast you support them this podcast keeps on trucking. want to thank Connor Robinson for making a little time for us here on Lax Class as well. We'll be back with another convo with the captain next week for EP246. But for now, this one has come to an end. For Santino Farah, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified. <laughs>